Today's episode is brought to you by Bonsai N, Australia's premium bonsai store. Shop online with Australia-wide shipping and a wide range of payment options, including Afterpay, which allows you to buy now and pay later. Visit www.bonsai-en.com.au. That's www.bonsai-en.com.au for more info. What's up, modern bonsai listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, our guest is James Hayes, who is a filmmaker who has just finished making a bonsai documentary, which will be premiering on Amazon Prime. I'll leave a link in the description of the podcast, that way you can sign up for a free account to watch the movie. But for now, sit back and enjoy this podcast and get excited for the movie. Yeah, and the filmmaking thing, it's so interesting because it's something that I'm slowly getting into at the moment because here at Bonsai M, we're just launching a YouTube channel. Okay. So, yeah, yeah so I've actually purchased a um, Nikon DSLR camera and sort of playing with that and I've got all like the lighting and I've got all the microphones and everything, so really going for a higher-end production because what i found that the people that are in the bonsai space, even though it's beginning to change a little bit, um, they're usually an older generation who don't usually, I guess, play with technology or learn it. Yes. So yeah. anybody who is, yeah, who whoever's doing bonsai videos on YouTube the grand majority of them are pretty much just grabbing a phone and going for it. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that that too. There's a lot of lower budget kind of content, which I it's still, in my opinion, quite good because the the, the content itself is, is you know it's interesting, um, but like you say, it's not as professionally done. Yeah, well, I um. I did a podcast the other night with Jason Chan from Eastern Leaf Bonsai in Southern California, and I was talking to him about it, and I was telling him that there's one guy on YouTube who actually just does videos, and none of them have any talking content, and it's all just filmed on his phone, and all the videos, like every single one he does is about taking cuttings from bonsais, so basically just snipping off little branches, sticking them in the ground until they grow roots of their own, and then planting them and each video goes for about 20 minutes and somehow he manages to keep your interest for that 20 minutes yeah yeah that, <laughs> it's amazing it, yeah it's incredible like i i mean i'm very because I'm, I'm more of a cinematographer and i i went to university and studied uh, and film um and so obviously i'm very much into the, the camera work um and the production side of things but some of the best content you'll see is just very simplistic um and it's just very raw um which is you know like i say it can be very powerful yeah it can be sometimes but it's so refreshing because when i um watched the documentary today seeing bonsai content in that kind of cinematic light it was it was really nice to see, especially um, some of the parts where you had filmed Peter 
and the depth of field was just so crazy. It looked, you know, it was so well filmed. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it was filmed on um, uh, Panasonic GH5, which uh, is kind of just, it's a kind of like an entry level cinema camera. If if you were to ask me and a lot of other people, um, it's not by no means like a professional camera, but it has some professional features. Um, and that kind of shallow up the field you'll find if you're really trying to get into uh, like with your with your Nikon and your uh, your, your YouTube channel. Um, that's all to do with the lens that you use. So um, it's the lens uh, and making sure that you understand things like the 180 degree shutter rule um, and just things like that that will help you get things like a cinematic uh, depth of field. Yeah, because one thing that I've noticed in my short time of doing research on doing film and, you know, the rule of thirds and all these kind of stuff that I've been trying to learn little bits about, I found that filmmaking is actually a lot like bonsai in a way because you're trying to create emotion with certain things. So in filmmaking... I would say that you're trying to pull emotion from people with things like cinematic sound and um, dramatic lighting and things of that nature, just different angles. And it's kind of the same thing with bonsai. If you're trying to create an emotion for people, there's a... Um, now, I wouldn't call it a rule, but there's a, a general rule of thumb with bonsai that if you want your to be welcoming and warming to the person who's looking at it you'll bring the first branches forward a little bit and it kind of resembles two arms open okay yeah and, and yeah I feel like filmmaking is very similar to to bonsai in that way which intrigues me um, when you were you know planning your next film what drew you to making a film about bonsai itself well, uh, so it was originally Eric to know who's in the documentary. Um, he was the person who introduced me to bonsai. Um, I went cause I'm not local to Brighton. Um, but I do go there occasionally cause it's a nice place to, to, to be. Um, and I was with a friend who wanted to get some things for his new house and he's spotted, um, bonsai co, which is his, his, uh, shop. And so we went in there and we started speaking to Eric and he, he was very passionate about bonsai and that kind of threw me off a little bit, which, you know, something I didn't expect. And, um, it was nice to see someone so passionate about, uh, a subject like bonsai, uh, when, you know, today it, it thinks are all about technology and, um, mostly internet stuff is that, is that's what most people are into these days. Um, whether it be like YouTube or Instagram or, or whatever, really. And so to see this kind of very, uh, like, like gardening, I, it's not really something I'd seen someone be so passionate about. And so bonsai is, uh, you know, obviously it's like a subset of gardening. Um, and to have it, it's also physical and it's all, it's all beautiful really. And I was surprised because he gave me so much information about bonsai that I'd never even heard of. So it was really like a, uh, kind of almost like a crash course into bonsai 
um, that like hour that I spent with him that time. And uh, so I, I went away from that experience and I kind of thought this would be a great documentary subject. And uh, so it kind of expanded from there. Um, but that was like a year ago that I met him. And then um, it was only a few months ago that I really uh, spoke to him and, and asked him if I could uh, uh, feature him in a, in a documentary. Yeah, well, you touched on something that's very true there, which is, you know, how passionate he is about bonsai. But you're going to find that when you release this film, everybody who's into bonsai is very passionate about it. Um, yes. And like I said, that's them, like the, the thing I've not, I didn't realize how passionate people were about bonsai. Yeah. And especially people like Peter Chan, who have been doing it for a long time. It's funny because you see some people who have done, you know, maybe an art or a career or something that they chose when they were younger and they were really passionate about it. But as they get on in years, that flame kind of burns out. But when you do bonsai and when you go to bonsai clubs and meetings, and even today I had a guy in our bonsai garden and he was 69 years old and he was as passionate as ever about bonsai. And he, he went around to every plant I had and he just loved everything. And, um, yeah, I think when you release this film, you're going to really get that feedback from the bonsai community. And I think it's going to be, it may be a little bit overwhelming at first. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. I've I've already had a, quite a few messages from people um, asking about where the documentary is. And so it's I'm very uh, I'm annoyed that it hasn't already been uploaded, but um, that will be done very soon. Uh, just need to get amazon to, to work with me well i mean it might be serendipitous because you're just creating more want <laughs> yeah people talk about where it is and then uh and then people get introduced to it so that's a very good yeah very good it. point i promise it's not on purpose I think, uh... <laughs> no i think you'll find it'll get shared very quickly um among the bonsai groups on you know facebook probably places like Instagram and Twitter, but probably mainly Facebook. I've already seen the trailer pop up quite a few times in different groups. Oh, good. Oh, good. I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I guess when you're a part of the bonsai groups, you see it more often. Yeah, I've seen it because obviously like Eric Deneau shared it and there's a few people on, on um, places like Reddit have shared it as well. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's very good. I didn't didn't completely realize about the extent of it yeah so hopefully i mean i don't know what amazon's analytics are like but hopefully it gives you a bit of a spike and maybe they take notice um you know it could open some doors for future work or future documentaries yeah i mean this was a kind of a not like a proof of concept but i hadn't done anything i haven't done much since university so making a documentary like this is uh, is really refreshing. Yeah. So after you did the documentary, was there kind of any urge to get a bonsai tree? Yeah, no, I know, and I bought one as well. Yeah. Oh, there you go. What, what do you know? What you bought? Yeah, it was a Chinese pepper tree. Oh right, on. here you go. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was from Eric uh, that, I, that I bought that. It was partially because I well I really wanted one because. 
it seems like quite a lot of fun to um to take your own bonsai tree and start pruning it and growing it and, and changing it the way you want to um, but i also needed a subject to to film as well so uh so you'll see uh most of the promotional work are, is of my own bonsai tree yep yeah so yeah now that you say that i um noticed it pop up a little bit during the movie yeah yeah i thought uh thought that would be a good good thing to put into there so after you've done this movie now is there any plans for what the next film might be or do you think you may depending on how well this film does do you think you may ever do another documentary about bonsai in the future um, yeah, I'm completely open to doing another documentary about bonsai, but I think it depends on how well this one does. Um, I think I'd definitely be more, a lot more, uh, or a lot more experienced and a lot more prepared to do a documentary uh, on bonsai again. But I think it would take a different form in terms of it probably follows one person. Um, and Peter Chan is a is a great subject, um, but I think I'd have to go find someone else someone that i think is uh is a is a not just a very knowledgeable about bonsai but has a great story as well because that's the, the the thing that i kind of struggled with this documentary was because it involves three people and one subject uh it's difficult to find a narrative um which is quite important to me so uh but i think it, it worked out fine um but that's something i'm definitely going to have to look at um for my next documentary at the moment i'm actually going to be doing a documentary on um the chaco's islands do you are you familiar with those no i've never heard of that oh it's uh it's and honestly not many people have um but it's this uh this island that um britain had and in, invaded um quite a few years ago i think in the 70s um and i've, I've got a friend who wants me to be the uh, director of photography on that um, but it's basically just about how Britain uh, took over this island to implement a military uh, base. So, but yeah, they're completely completely different from bonsai. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, hope so. Hopefully, but like like I said, I'm I'm completely open to be uh, to do another bonsai documentary because this one was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, in you know, in Europe or in the in and around London, to be more exact, there's probably, I mean, Peter Chan is a business owner, I mean, as well as a good bonsai artist, but most of his days would be spent kind of replenishing stock and looking after stock and stuff like that. It's kind of rush, 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 where if you were to follow a single subject, you could probably find somebody like Peter Warren, um, he's actually a bonsai artist and he was trained in Japan oh. and it was at a similar time to another big bonsai artist who's in America. Um, his name's Ryan Neal. He owns a bonsai company called Bonsai Mirai and I would say they are probably the biggest online bonsai pr um, presence. Oh. They have... okay. They have kind of a video library that's behind a paywall, but it's all educational and they do live streams every week and Q&As. 
But him and Peter Warren were kind of trained in Japan at a very similar time. And at the same time, I think, if if I'm not wrong, I think, I can't remember who was telling me, but somebody was telling me they're oyakatas. So in Japan, your oyakata is your master. And it's kind of, the word oyakata is kind of more than a master, but kind of like, a father figure or a family figure. It's like you're my teacher, but you're also like family. Um, and both of their oyakatas were not really in a rivalry that was bad-blooded, but at the time they were the two best masters in Japan. So they were always competing with each other to try and create the best work and you know, take that next step again, which was actually good at the time for what was happening because any time there's something like that, say if you had a bit of competition with filmmaking, it would push your work, you know, to the next level because you'd be trying to beat the other person. Yeah, it's like healthy but competition. But it's funny. Yeah, and it was fu- kind of funny because of that um, little bit of a rivalry. They kind of couldn't connect, Ryan. And yeah, so... Those two couldn't connect, and um, yeah, it's kind of funny they had to because being two foreigners over in Japan, it's probably really good to find another foreigner, um, and not to mention another foreigner that's doing the exact same apprenticeship as you are at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really rare thing. So, yeah. um, and, and so yeah, you so say I like think, they both came um, back and you, kind of started their own uh, own online yeah. presence. Well, Ryan um, actually has a bonsai garden in the Pacific Northwest in America, so in Portland. And he, as well as having the big garden there, he's got a whole crew, so he's actually got his own filmmakers on site. Um, He's got people who write for him, um, people who look after the garden. So it's a a fairly big operation for bonsai. with Peter, he's got less of an online presence, but bonsai enthusiasts know of him, and he does demonstrations and just does really phenomenal work. So yeah, I mean, it kind of kind of the same thing. Um, I think it's kind of a little bit more impressive to make a name for yourself without using, you know, the internet. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's kind I mean, of imagine a... trying to promote. Yeah, it seems like it's just kind of necessary these days. Yeah, so imagine trying to promote your movie without the internet. It'd be so difficult. <laughs> yeah, especially Bonsai, which is kind of a, a niche anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I think what uh, Peter has, has got for him is he's very uh, consistent with his YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, for... I've seen... No, go on. Oh uh, yeah, sorry. No, I was just say it's very consistent, and for something as uh, as kind of niche as this, where there's not much content, it's something that everyone wants to to kind of learn more of, and um, to kind of always want more content to to consume. Yeah, well, it's it's funny you say that because this is where I think that your film is really going to shine because people. At, the, at this current stage in bonsai's growth, there's a lot of newcomers and 
these days when somebody's a newcomer in something, no matter what it is, whether, you know, they're just getting into cars or music production or filmmaking or bonsai, the first place everybody goes is YouTube. Yeah. I don't, I don't think people even bring Google up anymore. It's just straight to YouTube. Yeah. I mean, uh, so the first biggest, the biggest search engine is, is Google, but the second biggest is YouTube. So that's a good way of putting it, I think. And it's like if you if you yeah. look on Amazon for the um, for a bonsai uh, film, so uh, Amazon Video Direct or Amazon Prime Video, um, they they don't actually have any bonsai uh, films. I think there's one or two, but they're very old. <laughs> they're not. Um, it's really something as probably pleasing to watch as my film. Yeah, I I've actually seen. Sorry, I've actually seen the ones that you're talking about. It's just an episode and it's very, yeah, it's very old and cheesy and (laughs) very 90s. Yeah. Uh, So I think it's good to have something more modern, more contemporary. Yeah, and your film is great for newcomers because without giving any of the contents of the film away, it's just one of those things that, kind of explains bonsai a little more and gives them that first stepping stone into the world of bonsai. So I think if people were to search for bonsai content and your film was the first thing they came across, I think it's probably the perfect thing for them because it's just a great great introduction to bonsai and what it's about and, you know, how to achieve it. And um, I think Peter's probably played a really good role in that and then also it helps that it's filmed you know very well and it's cinematic and it's got you know good music content yeah um yeah i me myself somebody who's been doing bonsai for a while now i enjoyed it good no thank you very much i'm i always i'm always glad to hear when people say that they've enjoyed the things that i make um and it's um, also thank you for saying that the uh, the music was nice because uh, the two contributors were Kevin McLeod, who's a he's an on I think a lot of people know him because he produces a lot of royalty free music. Um, but I've got a friend who actually composed the main theme for the for the documentary. Um, his name's Wesley G, and he's, he was very nice, and he made a a nice little uh, little little tune for it, which. <laughs> which I thought was quite nice. But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that it, f- from a beginner, so obviously I'm I'm not t- too into bonsai, I'm more of a filmmaker than I am a bonsai pr- practitioner. Uh, I think it does come from like a beginner's perspective. And um, Joseph Rosek, he did give me a lot of really good information about more in the more in-depth side of bonsai, but I, I didn't really feel comfortable with using it, um, especially as... Uh, Peter and Eric, they both gave some such uh, concise and simple views. It was difficult to uh, add the more complex side to it. So while it does kind of touch on some of the more uh, complex complexer aspects of it, like uh, Yamadori, um, it doesn't go too in-depth. So yeah, you're right, definitely more for beginners. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think a film like that would call for any kind of advanced knowledge. And I don't think the people who are going to watch it, either beginner or advanced, are going to expect 
advanced knowledge. I think they're just going to expect sort of, I would say, a brief history and time of bonsai is what I would say they're going to expect. Yeah. Well, when I was making it, I, I really wanted to showcase the kind of beauty of it um, and the just the aspects of bonsai that I, I really enjoyed. Um, and so kind of like, you know, when you look at a bonsai, it's like what Peter says in the documentary, you look at a bonsai and you have a, a feeling of satisfaction. And that's kind of what I was going for in the documentary. Um, I just wanted to, to make some beautiful images uh, surrounding bonsai because it makes sense. Uh, makes sense to have bonsai be beautiful. Yeah, and um, I think that's something that, as I said before, bonsai is missing so far because it is such a young... Well, actually, it's not a young hobby. It's a very old hobby, but <laughs> for younger yeah, younger people who actually do things with technology, it's a, it's a newer thing, so... Um, yeah, I think you've really put yourself in front of the ball in terms of, you know, the content that is out there. I haven't, I've done searches for bonsai documentaries and I haven't found much in the way of them. Um, yeah, I mean, I believe there's one being made in Florida at the moment, um, I, but I, I think it's going to be released next year. Ah, uh, Okay. I haven't heard anything about that one. Yeah, I haven't heard much of it either. I've just seen um, the promotional page. Um, but I hope hope that, go, that one goes well, really, because um, it looks like they're doing a good job and they've got some nice cameras. Like they've got like the A7S and uh, some nice size lenses. and It looks like they're professional. So I'm, I'm, I hope everything goes well for them. Yeah, well, I know a couple of years back, there's a bonsai artist from Japan named Masashi Harao. Um, and he was going to do a documentary that followed him around the world because he did um, he did an apprenticeship in Japan. And usually an apprenticeship in Japan is five or six years and then you give a year of free work to your oyakata to say thank you for the apprenticeship. But he was there working at the nursery where he did his apprenticeship for about 10 or 11 years or something. And then his his master actually passed away and left him a set of golden shears, golden bonsai shears. And at that point, he was like, well, I'm going to take my art and I'm going to take my skill and I'm going to travel around the world and share it and he did he was touring for a while and he had released a trailer for the movie but it just never came out wow how how long ago was this this would have been in 2014 i want to say wow i mean that sounds very it sounds very dramatic really but then again there's there's always hope because um Growing up, I was, one of my favorite bands was um, Ozzy Osbourne, and um, I was a, I was a drummer when I was in, you know, first levels of school and everything, and 
the drummer for Ozzy Osbourne was actually one of my idols. I loved him, and he had passed away in 2002. Um, and then it would have been 2009, so about 10 years ago now, they had mentioned that they were going to be releasing a documentary following, you know, talking about his life and the bands that he was in before Ozzy and the bands that he was in after Ozzy and, you know, the story about how he got sick and everything. And I literally waited 10 years for that film to be released and last year it was finally released. Oh, really? Just last year? Yeah, oh, wow. so apparently that apparently they had some hang-ups on... Um, Licensing, probably. Yeah, well, there's another one. Distribution. That was yeah. it. And it was, it took, it was showing in America a year before we got it, and there was something to do with, yeah, distribution, and they couldn't show it anywhere else in the world but America. That That's very that's silly. I, distribution doesn't really, I don't really understand that very much. I, there's the, I'm not a very uh, great producer, so, um, yeah, that, boggles my mind about all the technical aspects of that um but that is that's such a shame but have you seen it yet yeah and i mean that's the other thing that confuses me too these days you know if you show somebody else's content in your video like something like a song maybe a snippet of a song then suddenly your youtube video gets taken down but I mean, whatever happened to the days where that was free promotion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really I miss those days. Um, but unfortunately, you have to be sensitive to that kind of thing. Um, I, I had to make sure that there I featured everything that in the documentary I had to permission to use. Um, so I got Eric and uh, Peter to sign a, uh, a release form for, the, for their parts. And then all of the music and then um, all of the pictures and all the video were mine and blah 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 but yeah you're right it's, it's difficult to to make sure everything uh is is signed for basically um but that is that's such a shame that it it was only released in america first um especially as you're yeah. so passionate about it um there's like an example of for that is have you seen the apollo 11 documentary that was released this year no i haven't yeah it's a it's a well it's a, there have been millions of documentaries made about Apollo 11. Um, but this particular one was filmed in uh, 70 millimeter, which is basically like IMAX. Um, it's effectively a, a different aspect ratio of IMAX, um, but it was done right on the day of, of Apollo 11, the launch. Um, and so there's, there's footage of, of the event that people have never seen before in basically a quality that you'd expect from today's cameras um and it's just an incredible documentary it's no dialogue or anything um but it's like a fly on the wall and you, you it's almost like seeing it as it happens and it's incredible um but yeah it's yeah, things like that, that sounds interesting yeah it's like footage that no one had ever, ever really seen before um because of licensing and things like that so when you um when you visited Peter's garden, so Heron's bonsai, as I wouldn't really call you an outsider because you do have a bonsai, but as somebody who's very new to bonsai, 
what was kind of the thing that took your eye the most about bonsai on the level that Peter does it? Uh, I think it would, it's just the sheer number of bonsai that he, uh, he had. Um, so if you go there, there's a few different nurseries, um, and then there's rows and rows and rows of, of different kinds of bonsai. And, uh, cause I'd done my research before and so I knew a little bit about bonsai. And so I knew that like a lot of these trees would have to have taken years to grow and sometimes, you know, 50 years and, and etc. Um, and then I kind of just started looking at them and I realized that this is like an oak tree and it's just so odd to, to see an oak tree in such a small, uh, small form factor. And so that was quite exciting for me. Um, and so it was, it was nice to be able to go around his nursery and just kind of pick what I'd like to, to film, um, whatever interested me, um, like, like aesthetically. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's a bit of a bit of an overwhelming task. Um, yeah, if you just had a, if you just had have gone to somebody's personal collection, then they may have had, you know, fifty or so trees. But when you go to a place like Herons, you're talking, you know, thousands upon thousands. We have, we have a nursery here, which has around sixty thousand trees on it. Wow, jeez. That's a lot of maintenance. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm kind of hoping to, as a part of our YouTube channel, because um, I know the guys who own it really well, um, I want to go down there and kind of do a day in the life kind of video. Yeah. And just follow them around for the day and show what it's like to care for 60,000 trees because... Um, I mean, even for know, a, I think I've spoke about even it. Even for someone who doesn't know anything about bonsai, that would be interesting. Yeah, well, that's it. It's a large-scale operation. Um, I mean, you see all the time things on YouTube. You get stuck on videos of, like, how it's made, and then you'll sit there and watch um, Coca-Cola being bottled <laughs> or canned or something. Yeah, I've, done, I've definitely done that myself, yeah. Yeah, I think everybody does that. Or you'll sit there and watch, like, um, yarn get rolled or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I went through a, a phase of watching people make uh, knives out of of anything really. Like they'll they'll take a knife from like uh, a can of like can of coke and they'll just make a knife out of it. It's quite interesting. Yeah, well, people will take. I seen a guy on Facebook who took a um, like a nut off a bolt and turned it into like a wedding ring. Ah, uh, yeah, I've, I think I've seen that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah, and it, yeah, it just there's so much to watch on on and things that you like. For me, bonsai wasn't really anything that I didn't even think of two years ago. Um, but it's just getting introduced to things like that, and the internet's such a good way of doing that. Um, yeah, and I think as a a filmmaker, you'll probably come across a lot of things like that. If you, I think if you can stick to those niche markets, um, it's probably the way to go because if you look at things like YouTube, there's certain things that it's just so flooded and it would be hard to 
it would be hard to trend on um, or you know show up as one of the top videos when there's so many of them but when it comes to bonsai it's kind of a little bit easier yeah it's like you say if, especially if you're making content that, that either no one else is making or you're doing it in a way that no one else is doing so if it's high quality or um, if you have experience or knowledge that no one else has then that's valuable that people want to see that yeah yeah because i did we, we've actually already done our first youtube video um and we uploaded it and i used to have a computer business and about three years into that business i started doing a youtube channel and i i was spitting out videos all the time on you know how to build computers and how to repair certain things and just like build guides and stuff like that and my videos would never rank even if i typed in exactly what the title of the video was I'd always have bigger channels that were ranking over me. Yeah, it's it, it's all um, about SEO, unfortunately, and um, a lot of your channel analytics are, are a big part of that. Um, which is just yeah. unfortunate, really. Yeah, but with this with this first video that I've done for Bonsai N, we uploaded it, and by the next morning, I was ranking number one for that type of video. That's great, actually. Yeah, it was excellent. I wasn't expecting it at all. I just kind of, I didn't even type in the title of the video. I just did like a general search for what I thought somebody might search for to find a video like that. And the first video that popped up was ours. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, and then from there on in, I was getting messages and emails about how how good the quality was and the content and so yeah we're actually going to be trying to move forward with that but i've been trying to get better equipment because when i did the first video i used a um rode nt1a microphone which is like a studio microphone yeah is it a uh, um is it a is it a shotgun microphone is it does it have an XLR? It's a yeah, yeah. So I used it as an overhead, but the film set that we had set up was in kind of an empty space, so it was very echoey. Yeah. But but when you do when you're doing bonsai videos, you kind of need a lot of room. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Because you need all yeah you need all your tools, and if you're working on a big tree, then. You need to be able to take the camera far enough back that it can get the whole tree in the shot and plus you and the workbench and everything. So we kind of can't do it anywhere else but that spot. So we ordered um, a lavalier mic set up. So hopefully yeah. we'll have less proximity and the sound will get less of that, that echo. Um, but... The one thing that I really want to invest in is a good gimbal for the DSLR. Yeah, okay. Uh, which, um, so you, you say you have a Nikon DSLR? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a D, uh, D7200. Yeah, that's that's pretty decent. Yeah, I, th I actually, I think that's actually what Pisa Chan uses. <laughs> I think that's what he told me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice camera. It's pretty high quality. I was thinking about upgrading now to the 7500 
The only real difference is, is it's got 4K capability. Yes, yeah. It's, can, I, can I ask, uh, which lenses do you have for it? Uh, just, it came with two lenses. It was like a package deal that I got. So it came with two lenses and two batteries plus a bag and a bunch of other stuff. Okay. But they, they were... Um, sorry, because I don't know much about camera stuff okay. still I, to this day. I, I but can only they, assume because I used to work in a camera were... shop that it would be the kit lens, which is normally an eighteen to fifty-five, um, and then yeah, it was an eighteen to fifty-five, but it was like a Nikkor brand or something. Nikkor, Nikkor, yeah, that's Nikon really. So Nikon, Nikon, oh, the same okay, really. Yeah. And then um, it's normally like the seventy-five or seventy to three hundred or something like that. That's a telephoto lens. Yeah. Yeah. Because I looked up and I wanted to get, uh, because I believe that lens that I've got, it only goes down to f three point five f stop like three point five. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted something that maybe went a little bit lower. Yeah. If 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 I had to recommend a lens for you, I'd say probably the thirty five mil one point eight. And that would probably be the one of the better lenses for you. Yeah, the problem was when I looked them up, some of them were like $2,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Get, sometimes they're way more expensive than the camera body. Yeah, I've spent... That's the that's the thing about filmmaking is it's very, very expensive. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if honestly, like, I'd say in your situation, you'd probably be better off getting a, a, a good tripod than a, than a gimbal. Yeah, so for that film, I didn't even use a gimbal. I used a tripod and a slider. Oh right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a lot of people think that like uh, gimbals um, and a lot of other kind of different uh, steady cams are the best way to go. But if you, I think if you can get the basics down and make it look good like that, then that's normally the best way to go about it. And learn the camera as well. Definitely learn how to use the camera and the best way to to film. And uh, and I think you'll make much better videos like that yeah well i think i've learned a lot of the the basic stuff um some of the basic rules like trying to keep the camera at its native iso yep um especially if you're filming with a lot of blacks in the shot to kind of keep the noise level down um if you're filming at like 24 frames a second try to keep it at one over 50 yeah, um, I mean you're in Australia, aren't you? It's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think that would be one over fifty. Yeah, I think it's uh, PAL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we've got. So, um, yeah, all the all the basic stuff, the fundamentals. I think I've got down. Um, now it's just more of the the creative side that I'm trying to wrestle with a little bit, trying to get interesting shots. Um, trying to do interesting transitions storyboards and things like that yeah yeah i mean it sounds like you have a, a very good head on your shoulders so um and if you obviously if you if you want to ask any questions i'll be happy to answer any questions um but i think with bonsai it's it's more about the the specifics aren't aren't it uh like the whatever you're going up about whether it be like cuttings or uh, a specific kind of tree um, and so, yeah, probably the knowledge that you have is probably more valuable than uh, than 
any kind of uh, technical aspect. That's 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 yeah, from well, I what think... I found on online at least. Yeah, well, what we wanted to try and do because there is a lot of YouTube videos out there of people saying you know, how to do this and how to do that. There's a lot of how-tos out there. So we do want to do how-to videos, but we don't want that to be a, our whole entire content. What I wanted to try and do was almost make what I would call edutainment videos. So they're educational, but they're entertaining at the same time. Yes, those are, they're very popular. Um, yeah, so things like the... Um, one I was talking about before, so the day in the life of a bonsai nurseryman. Um, I think people would learn a lot from just watching how somebody, uh, sorry, how somebody like that goes about their day and what they have to do to look after nursery stock plants and how they water and fertilize and wire and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested um, in seeing that as well. So, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people. Yeah, would. and then. Yeah, and rather than just, you know, filming everything very static, trying to get a lot of good B-roll footage of trees and just another idea that I'm hopefully going to be filming soon is doing artist profiles. Um, so going to different bonsai artists and just doing a little, almost like a little documentary on them, probably five or ten minutes, but just explaining how they got into bonsai and what bonsai means to them and showing some of their most prized trees and doing some really nice shots and yeah i just think it'll be really unique content that's doesn't seem to be out there yet yeah i'm like i said um that's kind of what i was going to go for with uh, eric because like he was the person who introduced me to bonsai and so yeah that sounds exactly like what i uh i i would have liked to see really um and so yeah i think it's a good idea really Spe specific people I and think. bringing th their own personal experiences is that's really what you want to want to see in these kind of documentaries is personal experiences because you can read about bonsai trees online all you want but uh, people need to be able to tell stories about them and uh, that's what's interesting to people yeah, and as we were talking about before, it's one of those things that if you did stuff like that and posted it to social media, it's probably going to get more people interested in the art that don't necessarily know about it yet. Because I know there's a lot of people, even when even when I go out and about, say I meet new people and they say, oh, what do you do? And I say, well, you know, I sell bonsai and, you know, I do bonsai for a living and they're like, oh, what's that? And it's to me, it's kind of mind-blowing. It's like, what do you mean, what's that? How can you not know what bonsai yeah. is? But it's it's just a fact of the matter. It's it's almost a niche inside a niche. Yeah, it's like in, like in, inside of gardening, there's, there's bonsai. It's very odd. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it as well. Um, yeah, like you have to be Japanese or you have to be old or yeah. something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's something that definitely people, more people need to, to know about. And every time I tell people about the documentary, it's, they, they're like, oh, I've, that's very cool. Like I put it on uh, my personal Facebook 
and um people say that it looks brilliant and the uh, peter chand looks so interesting um so yeah people i think are interested in it it's just people don't really it's not the first thing you go to when you're thinking of starting a hobby or um or anything like that because it's not really too in the the kind of zeitgeist really well i'd be interested to see how well known the art would be if it wasn't for the karate kid <laughs> yeah yeah that's actually a very good uh very good point that may be the first because time i, ever I reckon of, of bonsai <laughs> yeah well if you ask like nine out of ten bonsai artists where they discovered bonsai it was the karate kid yeah and you've got to wonder, well, if it wasn't for that movie, then where would Bonsai be today? Would it be as big as it is, or would it still be just a big thing in Japan? Because even in the Western world, it's not as big as it is in Japan. I would say, I would put my money on that if you took Bonsai around the world, and separated it from Japan, it still wouldn't be as big as it is in Japan with the rest of the world combined. Yeah, I think so. I, but although I think I'd I'd say Japan have it being a very Japanese thing, um, it kind of adds a a level of. Uh, well, I don't really know how to put it, but people like it because it's kind of like a part of Japanese culture. Um, and so that's one of the perks of kind of getting into bonsai and, and being introduced to bonsai because it's almost like uh, assimilating into a culture that you not really experienced before, especially like in England. It's completely different to what we normally do here. Um, but yeah. And it's like I say, like uh, the, the way I found it was uh, Eric Deneau in Brighton um, which is quite a liberal place. Um, and so having it in places like that where people more are more open-minded, uh, well, that's probably a poor choice of words, but people tend to be very open-minded and, um, and kind of bright. And, um, so having it at a place like that, it's easier to introduce to people. Yeah, and it's funny because when I seen... Um bonsai ko in the movie it's very different to the bonsai shops or nurseries that i'm used to seeing it was kind of in the middle of what i would call maybe a busy street i couldn't really see a lot of the street but what i could see from the movie there was you know a fair few cars coming by and it looked like it was in a you know it looked like shop fronts yeah where it was in a place called the lanes and here Brian, in which a kind of like a popular thing yeah, so here in Australia, it's more or less, if you're going to find a bonsai nursery, it's going to be out on a property. Yes, yeah, it so was completely more, different to, to yeah. Peter Chan's place. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. I'd be I'd be interested to see more of his operation there. Yeah, I mean, that was his home as well. Like, I didn't include that in the documentary, but um, he lived there. I think he mentioned it, maybe, but he... Um, he lives in that uh, kind of flat area, um, uh, like above the uh, the bonsai shop. 
and then obviously in the back garden which you see in the documentary he's got his bonsai um so yeah it was quite an interesting setup really i think you find a lot of people um that have bonsai nurseries generally live on the property because where we are here we live on the property where our trees and shop are and two of the other bigger bonsai nurseries here that i know um both the owners they live on their property right next to the because bonsai is just one of those things that you want to guard them with your life so yeah <laughs> you would never really you would never leave them in a location and go away there's all always somebody there um i'm not sure but from what i can tell peter chan also lives on the property i didn't i didn't ask him um because i only had about half an hour with him um i yeah i didn't ask him that so i'm not sure i didn't i didn't actually no now i think about it there there might have been a home i'm not sure really uh i yeah, I think I've seen it from his YouTube videos, but I mean, I can clarify that with him tomorrow when we speak. But yeah, I think it's a... I don't think that the guy who owns Bonsai KO, I don't think he's any different from anybody else by living there, but I think he is very different by having the shop in the middle of, you know, a city almost. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He's Like I say, that's how I was introduced to... So I think it's a good thing that he's um he's kind of put himself out there. Yeah, I think that's a I think it's an excellent thing too. It's um something that's different and anything that can put bonsai in front of people who might not see it because when a when a nursery is out on a property there's not many people that actually just drive past them and pull in and say, "Oh, I wonder what's in here." Whereas it's if it's in the middle of a busy city, then a lot more people are going to be, you know, and they're going to have that put in front of them. So I think he's doing a, a service to the art by having his shop in a place like that. Yes, no, I I definitely agree. Um, and like I, when I went to Pizza Chance, uh, Heron's Bonsai, um, it was it wasn't difficult to get to, um, but it was just uh, a bit a bit out there, and uh, it's something that I don't think many people would even realize was there unless they kind of because it was down like a dirt road uh, like down from a like a motorway not uh, a dual carriageway sorry um and so yeah it was a bit a bit uh bit out there so um so yeah like i said I, i'm not really too experienced with bonsai nurseries i've only been to a few of them so yeah well i think um I think once this movie gets released, as you said, there's a little bit of a hookup with it at the moment, but once it is released in the next few days, I think you're going to I think you're going to dive headfirst into the world of bonsai and you're going to meet a lot of very passionate people. So, I think this is going to be very interesting for you. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, it was made for people who like bonsai uh, and people who love bonsai. Um, like I was really surprised to see the response to to the trailer, and so it's kind of made me even more excited to release the the film. Um, and I, I really do hope people like it because uh, I work quite hard on it. <laughs> so, once people do listen to this podcast, what would be the best way for them to find the film? 
Uh, if you just go on Amazon and search uh, uh, bonsai a documentary, or just probably if you just search bonsai, um, it will come up. But the specific title is bonsai dash a documentary, and so that's uh, that's what that is. Otherwise, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is James Hayes, um, and I'll have the short film there, so you can watch that completely for free, and you can watch that right now. Um, and below that, we'll have a link to the documentary for the for the full documentary. And given that it's Amazon, do you have an affiliate link? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and you can use that to get a free uh, free month of Amazon Prime. Um, so you can watch the docu- the full documentary f- for free if you want to. Okay, well, once we finish the podcast, I'll grab that affiliate link off you and I might actually post it with this podcast so as soon as people finish listening, they can click on the affiliate link and sign up for their free trial and watch the movie in that way. Hopefully you'll get a little bit of a kickback on that. Um, yeah, no. Because Thank obviously, you. yeah, you want more people going through that than just signing up for the trial, <laughs> you know, any other way. If, if they're, if they're going to do it anyway, they might as well do it through that link. Yeah, so. I suppose so. Yeah, that would be helpful. Um, what about social media? Where can people find you on social media? Uh, it's it's mainly YouTube. So I have a, it's YouTube is James Hayes. And then um, I have a... Um, I think my Instagram and my um, Twitter account are the same. I think they're both James Hayes 101. So James Hayes 101. Okay, cool. Well, it was definitely interesting talking to you today. Um, I'm actually glad we could get this in before the film came out. That way I can get this edited and get it uploaded and maybe make a few more people aware of it. Um, I think they will be grateful for that if they didn't know that it was being released um but i hope it does really well for you man because um as i said i was lucky enough to see it today before it was released and yeah it's a fantastic film and i think you've done a really good job it's very well filmed um very high quality and it's got good content in it and as i said i think it's going to be very valuable for beginners who are just learning about the world of bonsai and I think it's going to be entertaining for people who are seasoned bonsai enthusiasts so yeah congratulations man well done on it no thank, thank you very much it means a lot for me uh for you to say those kind kind words and uh yeah I hope other people enjoy it too because uh yeah I mean I, I think it's pretty good too so but no thank you for having me on as well it's been very interesting talking to you no problems all right well we'll wrap this one up and uh Good luck with everything, man. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, uh, Have a good day.